Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand, please, and affirm with the proclamation of the faith of our heart, the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to high tire the nest and to break all burden and sin that binds us. May in this service be cursed as before. All the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, selfishness, ignorance, all of this let it depart from the tents of your holy people. And stand, Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, and fill us with your Holy Spirit. Allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented by Apostle Arkady into your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to lead it with your high and uplifted hand, Almighty God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. The Book of Ephesians 4, 22-24 You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new self, created by God in true righteousness and holiness the right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can clothe our bodies into a new way of life. This is a decreeing commandment. And however much we may say or speak about this commandment, there's always something new discovered. And not because we haven't heard it before, but because we hear it and we have changed. We have excelled. We have gone to a newer level. We saw a newer view. We, we are at a new place. And we had no idea that there was such beauty when you just rise a little bit more. There's more beauty that's being opened up to you. To fulfill this decree and commandment written in the book of Apostle Paul and presented to us in the series of the sermons of Apostle Arkady, we need to put three destiny impacting, commanding, and fundamental acts into practice. These are put off, be renewed, and put on. As we know, fulfilling these three requirements will determine whether our salvation happens that is given to us in the format of a seed, which we need to obtain as a possession in the format of the fruit of righteousness. Salvation is given to us as a guarantee and we need to receive it as a possession and we can do this or this can happen because of fruit of righteousness but if we don't have fruit then the salvation we received as a guarantee the Holy Spirit is also given as a guarantee salvation and the Holy Spirit and we need to collaborate with the Word of God so that as salvation and the Holy Spirit would become our own. Because if salvation becomes our own, then the master of 
the guarantee will then be our Lord and Master, not just a guest. Relevant to this, we stop to study the allegory contained in the 18th Psalm of David, where getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David consisted of the eight names of God allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy of praise and gave God the legitimate ability to use the power contained in his names to battle against the enemies of David. Psalm 18, 1 through 3. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. And so the eight names of God, let us proclaim them. Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Lord, you are my rock in whom I take refuge. Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. And Lord, you are my stronghold. These names contain our destiny, but it will not become our destiny if we will not understand and put them into our heart and will not confess it with our mouth. What we are doing right now, what we did, we received this destiny into our heart. Some haven't. Some are already taken from taking from their account. And so to be able to place something into your heart, you need to confess with your mouth. And to take then from your account, as a result, you need to also confess with your mouth. This tongue, the small tongue, it's the size maybe of a bank card. And to deposit something, we need to utilize this tongue. Lord, may it be according to your will. Thank you, Lord. Our pastor proclaims something, and I, together with him, I say, thank you, Lord. May it be according to your word. The words of your anointed one. Thank you for this revelation. I use my bank card, my tongue, so that I can make a deposit to place into my heart this revelation. And when it will be there for some time, then I will begin to proclaim this with my mouth. In a specific format, as much as God has allowed and the measure of our faith, we already studied our inherited lot in Jesus Christ in the form of three names. This is his name, Strength, Rock, and Fortress. And we will continue to study our inherited lot that is in Jesus Christ, studying his name, Deliverer. The quality in lexicon identifying the name of God, Deliverer, as with the previous names of God, cannot be found in any existing dictionary of the world. The name Deliverer includes these meanings, Chief of the Covenant. He is the Lord who delivers those who are in a covenant with Him. He is the Chief of the Covenant and He will be able to deliver us as the Chief of the Covenant. Deliverer is one who redeems from the captivity of sin and death. We need to see ourselves within this captivity. We need to see the sin and death in ourselves. While we only see this in our parents, our mother, our father, uh, or our our grandf- grandparents, our grandmother, grandfather, and so when I see something I don't like uh, in my father and I see these negative characteristics, And this means, uh, if I'm judging, if I'm looking only at that, that means I have a sinful, the sinful conduct that I've inherited from my fathers. Uh, 
and we need to not not we need to not only get rid of it we need to see our father and our grandfather in ourselves because while these characteristics are in my grandparents and my parents what good is it he is the deliverer of captivity of sin and death I need to be placed deliverer is the savior also of the body the Lord doesn't want to, to just save our spirit and soul he wants to save our mortal body he is the protector from the wrath of God and so the Lord doesn't want to just deliver us from the devil illness poverty untimely death we say Lord deliver us deliver us but have you never been asked do you need to be delivered from God's holy wrath because when he comes in his glory people will tell the mountains and rocks fall upon us and cover us from the wrath of the one who sits upon the throne when the Lord comes to uh, to judge the people on his white throne people will be asking these stones these rocks and cliffs to fall upon them uh, just so they not see the burning this flaming holiness of God as he is our deliverer one who protects us from his wrath a deliverer is one who restores our rights to our inheritance deliverer is one who places us as a holy thing into his safety and keeping our guarantee until the coming of Christ this very rich list of semantics uh, Lord you are my deliverer we see that only the chosen by God remnant can collaborate with the name of God Lord you are my deliverer in the given prayer psalm of David and the list of definitions above the name of God deliverer contains the inherited lot of the Son of God in whom and by whom a person receives the ability to invest the guarantee of his salvation like you would a down payment so that he can receive then profit in the form of salvation of his soul and adoption of his body by the redemption of Christ considering such a union between God and man it becomes vital for us to determine in every area of our essence both the role of God and the role of man and for this purpose we've come to the necessity to study a series of questions first what characteristics and categories identify our inherited lot contained in the name of God deliverer second what purpose is our inherited lot in the name of God deliverer called to fulfill in the realization of our salvation third what price do we need to pay to give God the ability to be our deliverer and fourth by what results do we need to determine that God is truly our deliverer in the realization of our calling in a specific format we already studied the essence of the first three questions and therefore we'll pay attention to question four and how does it sound by what results or fruits do we need to examine ourselves to determine whether God is truly our deliverer in the realization of our calling and so to determine these signs these fruits by them can we determine that he is our deliverer and we studied uh, four of the signs and we'll go on to study the fifth but first we will remember the first four by which we can determine that God is our deliverer first sign by which we can determine that God is our deliverer is knowing that your tent is in peace and that you are able to visit your home and find nothing amiss and so to look after your own household and when you look after your own house then 
it will be in safety. And so that our tent be in peace or safety from God's wrath, then we need uh, we needed to see the uh, seven evils when a person that a person has in, in themselves when a person is born again these seven forms of evil become more real than ever and he begins to see them and he begin, begins to become afraid of them, run away and tries to cover this with all kinds of religious activity uh, questioning am I really the only one like this in the church it can't be that all are suffering the same things that I am are we all suffering from the same thing yes we are all of us suffer the very same thing and we needed to see that evil that is within our old man and to nail him by confessing with your mouth just as the Gibbonites did the scriptures say that when there was famine for three years year after year in the time of David David said according to scripture it, it was sent from God the Lord wants wants to teach us something and he teaches us through punishment and when David questioned this God told David it, w- it was for the bloodthirsty house of of Saul because he wanted to destroy the Gibbonites and then he called the Gibbonites and the Gibbonites said we don't want gold and silver we just give us seven men from the family of Saul these seven forms of evil we have inherited from the sinful conduct of our parents and Saul our unrenewed mind always hid them, concealed them, and now the Gibbonites say we want to confess and nail them to the cross. And David did bring them to the Gibbonites and they hung him, hung the seven before the Lord and the wrath of God was satisfied and the Gibbonites as our mouth that are uh, as slaves of righteousness. It's important that our Gibbonites serve uh, or partake in the service of God, that our lips serve God that they are servants of righteousness what is the service that it is necessary by using our mouth to nail to the cross all sins sometimes we ask the question how do you correctly take your words back that means to repent not just say I offended you I offended you and this rumor came uh, actually came to your ears and you heard of it you have to take your words back by and so you might send a text message uh, it may say something and another person uh, by, by typing it up you receive you send a text message somebody else receives it and so then you approach uh, the person that you spoke evil about or something bad about negative about and you ask for forgiveness and take the words back and say I take my words back but if you care responsibility for for example your son or daughter and you say the words that curse them you need to uh, repent and deny these words because uh, these are not just negative words they program the uh, the person that you're speaking against uh, into this curse for example a pastor about members of the church or or a father about children we see often in the democratic services things like this happen and so it's necessary to repent and take these words back why because words have power the Gibbonites did this and they nailed these seven evils to the cross our victory over this evil that is within us begins with repentance repentance when we say Lord 
forgive us and ask the person you've offended, uh, please forgive me, and, and the person uh, needs to be able to forgive. It's hard to do. It's hard to nail to the cross. We know uh, from our young age when we were forced to ask for forgiveness, a child understood how difficult it was. Even with a pure heart, it was very difficult to ask for forgiveness. I'll do anything. I'll clean the room. I'll go, I'll go any, do anything else except for ask for forgiveness. But second sign by which we can determine that God is our deliverer will be joyous lips that sing to God about the deliverance of our soul from those who seek to hurt us. As we see, the Lord wants to deliver our soul. All of these signs speak of the fact that the Lord wants to deliver our soul. There are many who desire control of our soul, the old man, of course, in the form of, of the law of sin and death in our body. And as our pastor Akari has shown in, our, in his ser sermons, we have uh, the lintel and the doorposts. And as the soul is the lintel and the body and spirit are the lintel, are the other doorposts on the two sides. And there's one who desires evil, uh, us evil, and that's the old man. And so this, uh, in the soul, that the area that connects with the body, there's where Saul is. David is where the soul connects with the spirit. But where the body connects with the soul, that's Saul. And so death wants to spread its roots and release them into the spirit. The spirit wants to release its uh, life into the soul and body, but the <clears throat> old man using the body, the soul, the intellect, wants to spread this cancer into our spirit so that we die. And the scriptures say we can not allow this and we need to have joyous lips. To have joyous lips are lips that speak of the victory that had been done 2,000 years ago. And as our pastor has shown, very interestingly, this is a discipline, a discipline of the mind and will that allow our emotions, our feelings, to follow us. The discipline of the mind and will happens when the word of God is put into man. Without any word of God, there will not be any discipline or will of the will or mind. And so when the word of God com comes into us, we allow it into ourselves. It disciplines our mind, our will, and allows uh, them to control our emotions and our stirred up emotions or feelings. We are not dependent on some kind of supernatural events. Our, we continue to serve God because our service to God is in the word commandment. And so this is an obligation. This is what I need to do. And how I demonstrate my love. If you love me, Jesus says, keep my commandments. What does this say? This is spoken to someone who is disciplined by the word. Third sign by which we can determine that God is our deliverer is by the presence of the fruit of the Spirit, testifying that God has del has delivered us from the hand of Pharaoh. And when has he delivered us from the hand of Pharaoh? How did Moses know that he was delivered? When he ran to the uh, land of Midian. There he bore two sons. Gershon, he, because he said that I am a stranger in a strange land, and Eliezer, where he said that I was delivered from the sword of Pharaoh. It's interesting. This is the process of how the 
enthroning of the resurrection of life happens in our body all starts with us going to the land of Midian. We won't be able to take hold of the promise and have the right to the inheritance. That is the Canaanite land, or that later became the Israelite land. Because the Lord saw there, not the Canaanites, but the, the Israelites. The Lord's... Uh, and so Moses spent a lot of time in Egypt, and from Egypt he ran to the land of Midian, and he received a revelation. Gershon, his first son, uh, he receives the revelation that this land is foreign. This is a revolutionary revelation to the path, upon the path of victory to run from Egypt to the land of Midian. I was born in Egypt. I'm an infant carnal man, and I come to the understanding, Lord. Flesh and blood do not inherit the kingdom of heaven. This does not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And the Lord said, yes, this is right. And I bear Gershon. I am a stranger and foreigner on this earth. And and this is all corrupt. But in my spirit, my, my spirit is not corrupt. And how I can I now adopt this body that we received a revelation about, that this land is the land of Midian. This is one of the important steps to the land of Israel. And so to Moses, the Lord says, you need, now need to bear your second son, Eliezer, where the Lord will deliver you from the sword of Pharaoh. And we know he receives the right to use his rod. He, When he was in the land of Midian, he meets with the Lord, and the Lord gives him revelation, the revelation of life. And so the rod he, he relied upon, uh, these were his lips. He showed him that now the sword of Pharaoh will not harm you in any way. You, taking the confessions of your mouth, uh, and so it's the control of the Holy Spirit and Word of God, all Egypt fell before Moses. <clears throat> all of our our carnal state, our intellect, need to go through the process of death, and after which the nation of Israel went into the wilderness. After the wilderness, they went into the land of Canaan, and the land of Canaan became then the land of Israel. This was the important aspect that the Lord delivered us from the sword of Pharaoh. This happens that flesh and blood do not inherit the kingdom of, of God, but the Lord paid a price for it. And it's necessary to fight for it, and it begins with us being coming free of the sword of Pharaoh. The sword of Pharaoh is in the very same mouth. Our tongue is the sword of Pharaoh, and our tongue is also, when it becomes a slave of righteousness, is the rod of Moses. All is in the very same mouth. This one, one tongue can kill a person, and this tongue can resurrect a person. All is within the power of the tongue. Either it be the rod or the sword of Pharaoh or the rod of Moses. To, for it to become the rod of Moses, you need to receive re the revelation about your body that the Lord wants to adopt the body. Fourth sign by which we can determine that God is our deliverer is that he has delivered our soul as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we escape. Again, someone wants to take control of our soul because the one who takes control of the soul, who ensnares it, if the spirit takes control of the soul and adopts the body, takes the promise, then it will be for the kingdom of heaven. 
for salvation if the old man uh, becomes successful in taking hold of the soul it will take it to hell and so the Lord says he delivers our soul from the snare of the fowlers and the snare of the fowlers are those who preach uh, physically pulled out places of scripture these are people that are not sent by God these are people that are either elected for or who have placed themselves that have had visions they've seen angels or had dreams the Lord has delivered us from these snares and to not be in these snares we need to uh, allow for other uh, snares that's that of the kingdom of heaven and the Lord catches us into these nets into these snares of the kingdom of heaven fifth sign by which we can determine that God is our deliverer is that we shall not lack any good thing and here we will be talking more specifically Psalm 34 8 through 10 O taste and see that the Lord is good blessed is the man who trusts in him O fear the Lord you his saints there is no one and no want in those who fear him the young lion lack and suffer hunger but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Again, those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Why? Because they're is no need. They have no need in anything. They have the imperishable promises and they don't experience any need and they lack they don't lack any good thing and so they became possessors of the precious promises according to the given command we shall not lack any good thing upon the condition if we will seek God and to seek God we need a specific and clear motivation in the form of specific rewards that would be able to inspire us uh, to use the time given to us by God and all of the means that we have and all of the energy we have we need motivation and for this we need to uh, look at the specific goals and rewards and the reward that would be able to <clears throat> inspire us is all good that comes from God himself and so if we will not be enlightened in all the good that are a reward for those who seek the Lord and in what way you need to seek him God will never be able to become our deliverer have the legitimate ability to be our deliverer and so the reward in the form of all good are good intentions of God that he has for us to give us the future and to give us hope in his goodness in his reward is our future is and is our hope Jeremiah 29 11 through 13 for I know the thoughts that I think toward you says the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart and so what good is it referring to good in Hebrew includes these meanings this is the gift of God the good of God the grace of God the righteousness of God the truth of God the life of God the mercy of God 
the generosity of God, the perfection of God, justification that is given by God, well-being coming from God, wealth given by God, and partaking to God's nature. And, and so we began with the gift of God and finished with becoming a partaker of God's divine nature. And so good in the situation is such a nature of goodness in the life of a holy person that comes from God in the form of a reward that is grown by a person from the seed of righteousness into the fruit of righteousness, called to lead a person into the area of the precious promises of God so that he can make this person a partaker of his divine nature. And so what is good? It is presented in the reward that is to be grown from the seed of righteousness into the fruit of righteousness. And this fruit of righteousness called to bring a person into the area of the precious promises of God. Why? So that he can make this person then a partaker of his divine nature. The nature of such good is given to a holy person upon specific conditions in the form of the law of grace that is called to be enthroned in the trifold essence of a man exclusively through righteousness and eternal life in Jesus Christ. Romans 5.21 So as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so, grace might reign through righteousness, it says. Grace might reign through righteousness. It's talking about this goodness, this grace that might reign through righteousness. When a person receives justification by the gift of the grace of God, then the format of such grace cannot be enthroned within man upon the condition and the reason being that justification is a seed of righteousness. And so, Grace may be enthroned within a person through righteousness. It's necessary to grow the seed of righteousness into the fruit of righteousness. In justification, we receive the seed of righteousness, and then we demonstrate the fruit of righteousness. The scriptures say that those who seek the Lord will not uh, uh, experience lack in anything. If a person has fulfilled the conditions where he has grown this, uh, from seed into fruit in his heart, then this means that the Lord is his deliverer. And so those who seek the Lord will not experience lack in anything. And so if we will be able to sum up everything we just read, it will sound like this. Those who seek the Lord will not experience lack or need in anything. Because when they collaborate with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, they then grow from the seed of righteousness, fruit of righteousness, and the fruit of righteousness that will bring them into the area of the precious promises of God and makes them then a part of God's divine nature. And so what is our good? Our good is the fruit of righteousness. The fruit of righteousness that gives us the ability to enter into and come into the area of the Lord's precious promises and because of them we then become a part of God's divine nature. Sixth sign by which we can determine that God is our deliverer is that God has delivered us out of all trouble and our eye has seen its desire upon our enemies. 
we continued talking about the name of the Lord, you are my deliverer, <clears throat> and we are identifying the signs of whether he is our deliverer. Psalm 54, 1 through 7. Save me, O God, by your name, and vindicate me by your strength. Hear my prayer, O God, give ear to my words of my mouth, for strangers have risen up against me, and oppressors have sought after my life. They have not set God before them. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is with those who uphold my life. He will repay my enemies for their evil. Cut them off in your truth. I will freely sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. For he has delivered me out of all trouble, and my eyes has seen its desire upon my enemies. For he has delivered me out of all trouble, and my eye has seen its desire upon my enemies. <clears throat> and so to understand the enemies that wait for the soul of David, we need to look at the initial words of uh, of this given place, of the place we just read. What enemies is it referring to here? <clears throat> Psalm 54, 1. To the chief musician with stringed instruments, a contemplation of David, when the Ziphites went and said to Saul, Is David not hiding with us? And so they're traitors. Uh, he ran to the land of Judah, and his own nation betrayed him. And so the Ziphites told them, is he not hiding with us? He, they told Saul, who was pursuing and seeking him. And so here, David began to pray to the Lord, Lord, deliver me. Deliver me from my enemies. We had been looking at David as our reasonable abilities of our new person, and Saul, the reasonable abilities of our soul. Who are contrary to one another as we understand and so David are the reasonable abilities of our new person our spirit and so what are our reasonable abilities of our spirit this is the mind of Christ our spirit has the mind of Christ and the mind of Christ is the teaching of Jesus Christ the truth and David he is that area of us that represents the mind of Christ in our spirit. The symbol of our uh, of Saul, he is the reasonable abilities of our soul, our intellect. And of course, between the two, there's a conflict. <clears throat> and our intellect tries to kill David. And David is waiting until... The Lord renews our mind with the spirit of our mind. David doesn't want to destroy the area of the soul because he knows that the area of the soul is very important. Uh, nothing will happen without it. There will be not, no victory. But Saul, he just wants to destroy David. But David does not raise his hand because he understands that the soul is, un is very important and it's important for God. We can conclude that the foreign and powerful enemies rising against David <clears throat> are the army of 3,000 uh, men together with Saul. 
Saul, whom the Lord did anoint over Israel. This happens inside every person. When Samuel anoints Saul instead of uh, in his place, when a person is born again and he is an infant in Christ, and then he says, "How is it that I'm I'm still an infant? I've come to I've been going to church for five years. If I'm not agreeing with certain things." And he starts uh, deciding what is right and what is wrong. This is Saul who was anointed to the kingdom. The Lord in his wrath, in his anger, and the Lord needs it because this, this area helps protect Israel while our spirit grows. And so this is a temporary, a current temporary uh, thing, and this area then will need to be uh, brought through the process of death and so what conditions did David need to fulfill so that he God can then receive the ability to deliver David against uh, from deliver him from all of his enemies and so David would hide in caves and rocky cliffs and it was in the in the land of Judah uh, and this is the where he was originally from it was in his bloodline uh, the the, tri- the line of Judah and he hid in these cliffs, these cliffs and and <clears throat> and and large rocky cliffs. These are the symbol of promises that belong to the door of our hope that are within our heart, which we can inherit in Jesus Christ because of his death and his resurrection. And so, in Jesus Christ, these cliffs and rocks, which represent, symbolize his his death, the death of Jesus Christ. These uh, these caves and these cliffs. This gives us the ability to die for our nation, the house of our father, and the corrupt desires of our soul. And so how David hid from Saul. These uh, caves and cliffs where we die for our nation, the house of our father, and our corrupt desires. And this act gives us the ability to receive into the good soil of our heart that is cleansed from dead works, the seed of the elementary teaching of Christ. That in turn then gives the Holy Spirit the ability to come into our heart as our Lord and our Master. And so coming into our heart as the Lord and Master of our life, the Holy Spirit receives the legitimate ability to reveal in our heart the seed of the elementary teaching of Christ growing it then into fruit of into the fruit of righteousness that then brings about the resurrection of the seed of truth and so in this way the seed of truth in the state of the resurrection of Christ <clears throat> is then within our ho- within our body the stronghold of life or stronghold of eternal life uh, changing the state of our body from earthly to heavenly a revolutionary truth revelation it just uh, takes a little bit of time to to look at every phrase and understand how they work together and the key word that we want to note here that will help the promise of the resurrection of Christ in our body is that the seed of truth needs to be in the state of the resurrection of Christ this key uh, phrase here and so you may say well it doesn't make sense 
the seed of truth, the seed of truth in the state of the resurrection of Christ. What is the seed of truth? This grain in the state of the resurrection of Christ. This is the fruit of righteousness. What is the fruit of righteousness? Sometimes we say fruit of righteousness is a character, a changed character. This is righteousness. The holy may be holy still, uh, righteous may he be righteous still. But here, Pastor reveals something interesting. What is the fruit of righteousness? There's a, a grain, a seed, and there's fruit. And so there's, what is fruit? Replace the word fruit with a different word. And so there's a seed and fruit. If I can't say the word fruit, what is it then? It is the seed of the truth. And so there's a grain of truth and fruit of truth. Then this seed, uh, this is the seed of truth in the state of the resurrection of Christ because we bear fruit in the resurrection of Christ. The seed, if it remains alone, it will die. But if it falls into the ground and dies and produces much fruit. And so when the Lord sees the fruit of righteousness, he calls it the seed of truth in the state of the resurrection. It's a revolutionary revelation and truth. If you're asked, what is the fruit of righteousness? The fruit of righteousness is the seed of truth in the state of resurrect the resurrection of Christ. If the seed that we receive during justification will not die, then it will remain as is, and it will not become the seed of truth in the state of resurrection. It will be the seed in the state of death. We will lose it. We did not release it in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. But when we talk about the fruit of righteousness, this is the seed of truth that the Lord uh, sees in the state of the resurrection of Christ. In the fruit of righteousness, uh, came in the word of resurrection. Resurrection, the resurrection of Christ, is when the Lord is content with what death has produced. And so it isn't that the resurrection of Christ, when a person dies and then resurrects, the resurrection is the result of death. Resurrection, when the Lord resurrects, it is the seal of the fact that he is content with what the death of the Lord Jesus Christ did in our life. Jesus died upon the cross and he needed three days so that the Lord would be absolutely satisfied and then he resurrected in the third day. He did not he didn't just die and resurrect immediately. He died. They put him into a tomb and on Sunday early morning he resurrected. What is resurrection? The Lord is content with what death had accomplished. And so talking about the fruit of righteousness, then this is the seed of truth in the state of the resurrection of Christ or the seed of truth that has become the fruit of righteousness. A very interesting way of of seeing it. And so the seed of truth, again, in the state of the resurrection of Christ and the seed of truth in the state of the resurrection of Christ is the fruit of righteousness. It is within our body the stronghold of eternal life, changing it, our body, from the state of earthly to the state of heavenly. This state is 
uh, testimony that we receive before we will meet the Lord in the air, which gives us the legitimate ability to Call that non-existent heavenly body as existent, so that the fullness, when the fullness of time comes, the Lord, as the reader, will be able to easily read in our heart the revelations. The resurrection, or the seed of truth in the state of the resurrection of Christ, allows our body allows us to to proclaim that our body has the resurrection of life the proclaiming the not existent as existent thanking god call this he- this body as a heavenly body if i don't have the fruit of righteousness or if i don't have the seed of truth in the state of the resurrection of christ what is the fruit of righteousness it's the same thing then i don't have the legitimate right to say that and proclaim that the body uh, has the resurrection of Christ in itself, That to proclaim the not existent as existent. Lord, thank you that in your Son, Jesus Christ, I proclaim the not existent body that is renewed in the resurrection of Christ as existent. If I don't have the fruit of righteousness or the seed of truth in the state of the resurrection of Christ, the Lord was content how we died in the in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ for our nation, the house of our Father, and our corrupt desires, and now the seed in fruit in the form of fruit is now this power of the resurrection of Christ, which then allows us to proclaim the not existent heavenly body as existent. We can also say And so sometimes you'll hear someone say, well, I don't have this. Thank you, Lord, for something I don't have. No. There's a different way you could state it. Also, we proclaim the existent in the spiritual realm as already existent in the physical realm. If in the spiritual realm there's nothing, then don't proclaim the not existent as existent. To receive the right to proclaim the not existent as existent it's necessary that in the spiritual realm there be something there and upon the basis that there is something there in the spiritual realm in Jesus Christ I can then thank God and say Lord thank you for the existent that is in spirit that it will become existent uh, here on earth and so the not existent heavenly body as existent and so that means that something also needs to be, already needs to be in Jesus Christ upon our account. To be able to proclaim the not existent as existent, something already needs to be upon our account in Jesus Christ. And this something is the format of resurrection. And this format of the resurrection is in us. In the form of the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of righteousness is that, again, seed of truth that is in the state of the resurrection of Christ. And Abraham had the state of the resurrection of Christ. The scriptures say Abraham proclaimed the not existent as existent. Why? Because he believed in the God who resurrected from the dead, 
about Abraham, the Lord said that he will be a father of many nations. He had such a wealth of faith. He had the seed of truth in the state of the resurrection in his spirit. Although his physical body, his physical state was uh, was old, was de- decaying, and so he had this great wealth of, in his spirit, the truth he received from God, it became the fruit of righteousness or the seed of truth in the state of the resurrection of Christ, which allowed him to proclaim the non-existent as existent. If within our heart we have this promise of the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ, our eye can then easily look upon our enemies that in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ we then deprive of, of power. Hebrews 2, 14, 15, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were of all their lifetime subject to, to bondage. And so looking at this testimony, we see that we will receive the fruit of righteousness by receiving this fruit of righteousness, we will then possess the legitimate ability upon a, upon one condition, that is to diligently ask the Lord and bring Him an offering of praise. And so if we have the legitimate ability and right to proclaim the not existent as existent, if upon our account we have the resurrection of Christ, then it works if we will diligently bring an offering of praise to God, the key word here being diligent, proclaim the not existent as existent. Without diligence, nothing will happen. Psalm 54, 6, 7. I will freely sacrifice to you as freely in the original as diligently. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good, for he has delivered me out of all trouble, and my eye has seen its desire upon my enemies. The etymology of the word diligent in the munition of a warrior in prayer identifying the quality of of his prayer includes the following meanings. Be favorable to fulfilling the will of God. Be favorable to the desires of God. Be drawn to fulfilling the ordinances of God. Be favorable to fulfilling the commandments of God. Desire good coming from the good will of man. A reasonable and voluntary dependence on fulfilling the will of God. Diligence is gained satisfaction from fulfilling the will of God. This is obedience and agreement with the will of God. This is care and concern for fulfilling the will of God. And diligence is a positive acceptance of the will of God. Diligence in prayer is tied to a voluntary and desired choice and decision of man to give God the legitimate right in his prayer to fulfill his will in the life of a a warrior in prayer. And so now let's look in context. What Look at the components of a diligent prayer. There are specific components that a warrior in prayer needs to have. Very powerful quality of diligence. And so without it, not a single promise will be able to be ours. 
First, a diligent prayer is in God's eyes an offering brought by a prince diligently, which is comparable to the offering of the seventh day, where a person searches for the favor of God and a revelation of his ways. Ezekiel 46.12 Now when the prince makes a voluntary burnt offering or voluntary peace offering to the Lord, the gate that faces toward the east shall then be opened for him, and he shall prepare his burnt offering and his peace offerings as he did on the Sabbath day. Then he shall go out, and after he goes out, the gate shall be shut. And so this is uh, during the weekday, not on, a, on a, a, sa- a Sabbath day. He has the desire to bring a burnt offering to the Lord. And because of this prince, uh, he brought his offering at the threshold of the temple. He would bow at the threshold. He would give the offering to the priest, and the priest would then bring the offering in. And of course, the nation would then stand and also partake in this offering. And when the nation would gather and come before the Lord, there always needed to be a prince present. So either the prince would come and the nation would follow, or the nation would come and the prince would follow, also be there too. The prince, of course, is the reasonable abilities of our uh, our renewed mind, the reasonable abilities of our soul, but of a renewed mind. That a service that is done in diligence, there needs to be reasonable service where there's just emotions, uh, where people want to shout and jump around, uh, and they call them uh, they call it worship and praise, and so they even start identifying, differentiating the two and how different they are. It's the foolishness that people sometimes can come to, uh, de- depending on the way your your body is moving, or, or you will name it differently. And so the prince always needed to be present. Uh, the Lord d- wanted that during worship, uh, you still uh, you still have the reasonable abilities of your soul, that renewed mind, partake in that worship as well. And it's not just a, 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 a good feeling within your emotions or or some kind of trembling that you may feel maybe temporarily. It may happen and it may not happen, but we need to remember that, Lord, the quality of diligence, I need to have my prince when I worship in spirit and in truth. The Lord is not against emotions upon the condition that the prince be there in the mind. Second, a diligent prayer is according to scripture in a diligent obedience to the voice of the Lord in the form of his messengers where a person places himself in voluntary dependence of the Holy Spirit. Zechariah 6.15 Even those from afar shall come and build the temple of the Lord. Then you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you, and this shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God. And so where is diligent pres- diligence presence? Uh, it is during the time when we listen to the Word of God. When we're listening to the Word of God, diligence needs to be there. Third, a diligent prayer without a diligent offering to God cloaked into the format of a tithe is a fake and a counterfeit of diligence. Exodus 25, 1-2, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, 
speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart. You shall take my offering. The Lord receives an offering from one who has a willing heart. And this has the element of diligence. And so you don't come to God to pay him or buy him. You honor him and you demonstrate your love to him. What is diligence? Is when you have your prince in your mind. When you know the truth. And so at the time of bringing your tithes, you need to have diligence, you need, meaning you know what you're doing. You demonstrate your love to God. You acknowledge your his authority over yourself. And this gives him joy. And again, we don't buy God. We don't bribe God. We we don't use him in some way to increase uh, what something we want. And so the most important is we need to have diligence knowing what we're doing. Fourth, we're talking about a diligent prayer. Diligence a person needs to have. And we also here refer to also the fruit of righteousness, the seed that is in the state of the resurrection of Christ. Because it is the seed has to be in the state of resurrection. It's it's something that's been worked through in the death, in the death of Jesus Christ. And when he placed us in the death of Jesus Christ, and God put me in and not me myself. It's not that you feel something in your body and that you get you you start feeling something and uh, it's talking about everything dying that needs to go through the process of death so that it can resurrect. What if they say something about my Ukrainian nation? For example, I'm surprised as to some of our Ukrainian members. Uh, they may even speak with a heavy accent, but how respectful they are toward our pastor and the truth. That means that the death of the Lord Jesus Christ did its work in their hearts. And I think people who uh, in Germany, in Ukraine, or any other place. And so, of course, there's a, uh, there's all different types of languages and all different types of people. The word of God that is offered to us, it is given to all nations, in all nations, and it's doing its work. It all depends on the person when he hears the word of God and how he accepts the word of God. Does he have this diligence in himself? Fourth, a diligent prayer is an offering of thanksgiving where a person by faith sees his deliverance from all his troubles and thanks God for this. Psalm 54, 6, 7, I will freely sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, it, for it is good, for he has delivered me out of all trouble and my eye has seen its desire upon my enemies. When we bring an offering to the Lord, we thank him. We look then boldly upon our enemies. Fifth, a diligent prayer includes having the right relationship with your church. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as it is the manner of some, but extorting one another, and so much the more as as you see the day approaching. Sixth, a diligent prayer, which includes having the right relationship with your masters according to the flesh. As it is says in scripture, bondservants be obedient to those who are your, your masters according to the flesh, 
with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ. Seventh, a diligent prayer is the correct state of a man's heart before God, which reflects itself in a diligent effort to live a quiet life and to work with your own hands. But we urge... And so, if we have within us these seven elements of diligence diligence and prayer, then this means that God is our deliverer and He delivers us from all of our troubles and our eye will see its desire upon our enemies. And so, here we talk again about the fruit of righteousness, the seed of truth, and the state of resurrection. It's the same thing something that has gone through the process of of death. Seventh sign by which we can determine that God is our deliverer is we will not be delivered to the will of our enemies. The Lord will strengthen us on our bed of illness and he will sustain us in our sick bed. And so we may have our bed full full of sickness but he will replace it with his uh, with his life. Psalm 41, 1 through 3. Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he will be blessed on the earth. You, you will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed. And all of these things will happen again to the one who what blessed is he who considers the poor. <clears throat> if you paid attention, almost all of David's prayers, there's a goal in the form of glorious promise belonging to the door of our hope. In the given prayer, we are able to identify this promise in the following words. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. And he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed. The condition giving God the legitimate ability to fulfill the given promise to not deliver us from the will of our enemies, strengthen us on our bed of illness, and sustain us on our sickbed is considering the poor one. We need to consider the poor one. The poor whom we need to consider we need to perceive as the seed of promise that has grown into the fruit of promise belonging to the door of our hope demonstrated in the adoption of our body. And so to consider the poor is consider how the Lord will adopt our body. The Lord considered how to save us, not just our spirit, soul, and body. He took a physical body himself And so we look at his work that he has done, his sufferings, and we begin to consider the poor, the area of our essence that the Lord wants to adopt. And so we need to at least ensure, identify signs that will become results of our considering the poor. There are seven of them. First, identify the troubles that will temporarily become our lot. And they will be temporary troubles. Second, identify the day in which we will be delivered from our troubles. <coughs> Third, the way the Lord will preserve and keep our life. Fourth, what entails being blessed on the earth. Fifth, 
to the will of what enemy will the Lord not deliver us? Sixth, in what way will God strengthen us on our bed of illness? Seventh, in what way will God sustain us in our sick bed in changing it out? And so all of this is from the psalm that we read. Therefore, the first sign that will become the result of our considering the poor, when we begin to think, consider of our body, consider how the Lord will adopt our body. Think about the promises. And when we think about our, the poor, we think about the promises that belong to the door of our hope. <clears throat> the first sign is the result, the first sign that will become the result of our considering the poor is the troubles that will temporarily become our lot and the essence of these troubles consists of the fact that they will come from God so that we could be protected from his wrath in the death of his son Jesus Christ just as in the ark of salvation God protected Noah from his wrath that was poured out upon the wicked and lawless men and forever separated Noah with these troubles from the population <clears throat> Isaiah 54, 8 through 14. With a little wrath, I hid my face from you for a moment. But with everlasting kindness, I have mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. For this is like the waters of Noah to me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be angry with you nor rebuke you. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has mercy on you. O you afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not comforted, because she is pondering on, she is meditating, she's thinking about how her body will be adopted. Behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems, and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystal, and all your walls of precious stones. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established, you shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. And so again, the Lord will allow for certain troubles, temporary trials or troubles that will come upon us, so that we can, in, G in the death of Jesus Christ, can uh, can form this, this quality of immovability inside of us. Second sign that will become the result of our considering the poor is the date in which we will be delivered from our troubles. And this day for Noah was him coming out of the Ark of Salvation, which for Noah was joining in the resurrection of Christ. <clears throat> And so we being in the ark and the Lord saved us in the ark, to be saved in the ark is to be submerged into the, death, into the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what saves us from God's wrath, this ark. And to be saved from the wrath of God is to come into the ark, submerge yourself into the death of the Lord Jesus. The ark is not just a boat that was on water. It was like a building that was in the waters. And the water literally covered it. <clears throat> the entire ark. It wasn't just like a little, little, uh, like a boat on top of water just floating. It was in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was absolutely submerged into the death of the Jesus Christ. But the difference is we are in the death of the Lord Jesus when the sinful world and religious world uh, hit with the waves of God's wrath. 
or, or are being hit with the waves of God's wrath. And then once uh, the work is done, he'll then be able to lead us out into victory. Third sign that will become the, the result of our considering the poor is the Lord will preserve and keep our life on earth by the means of justification that is shown in the resurrection of Christ, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification, Romans 4.25. Fourth sign that will become the result of our considering the poor is that God will make us blessed on the earth, and this blessing is presented in eight parts, written in Matthew 5.3-10. through 10. When we begin to meditate about the poor, when we begin to consider the poor, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, merciful, for they shall be up, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is one who considers the poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Fifth sign that will become the result of our considering the poor is that God will not deliver us to the will of our enemies. And these enemies are the sinful conduct that has been passed on to us from our fathers. First Peter 1 Peter 1.18-21 Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead, and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. The Lord shall not give us to the will of our enemies, if we will consider the poor, we will consider what is in the revelation of the adoption of our mortal body and clothing it into the resurrection of Christ. The Lord says, I will not give yourself, give you to the sinful conduct. And we thank God that he delivered us, us from it, from the sinful conduct passed on to us from our parents. Sixth sign that will become the result of our considering the poor is that God will strengthen us on our bed of illness so that our faith in the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ would be able to grow. God will allow specific forms of illness and trials into our life where we proclaiming the not existent as existent will allow our faith to grow. Luke 18, 7, 8 And shall God not avenge his own elect to cry out day and night to him though he bears long with them. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? And the seventh sign that will become the result of our considering the poor is that God will sustain us in sustain us on our sickbed in changing it with life, giving rays of healing coming from the stronghold of life that has been erected within our body. Bed is a place and symbol of fellowship with God and peacefulness in God. And so the bed that we have is the place and symbol of fellowship with God and peacefulness in God, where the Lord 
is at peace in us, and we are at peace in God. Songs of Solomon 1, 16, 17. Behold, you are handsome, my beloved, yes, pleasant, also our bed is green. Green is resurrection. The beams of our houses are cedar, and our rafters of fir. According to the revelation of Scripture, the promise that belongs to the door of our hope, up until it's ach- it is achieved, will remain in death until he spe- specified by God time, before the word of God raises him from the dead and will change our bed from the state of death into the state of life by filling it with the healing rays of the stronghold of life. Very important that the Lord will allow this promise before this promise will be revealed that it will first be submerged into the state of death. He do, and this, uh, remains this way until it's specified by God time for a specific amount of time. And while it's in the state of death, we need to make sure that our bed would be green, that this resurrection would be able to be reflected in the fruit of righteousness, the seed of truth being in the state of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. For this we need to thank God, and the state of resurrection is in our spirit And if we have this fruit of righteousness or the seed of truth, then we can legitimately proclaim the not existent as existent and our bed, the place where we pray to God, where we close our eyes and we meditate and we think about our poor one, our body that the Lord will adopt. The Lord will make our bed the place where we rest with God, he'll make it green in our meditations and this green will then come into our body and our body will be filled with the ability or power of the resurrection of Christ. Let us pray. (coughs) (coughs) Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, We are grateful to your name that you allow us today to be in this place that your hand has appointed for the worshiping of your holy name. We thank you, Lord, that today we can turn to you and we can approach you. We can proclaim that you are the Lord of who is our strength. You are our rock. You are our deliverer and you are fortress and today we can proclaim your word and we magnify your word and by magnifying it you allow the commandments to weigh us so that we can correspond to your word to your truth because Lord we grow by the means of your truth and because of your truth we come to this resurrection because of your truth and your Holy Spirit And for this, we prepare our heart, we cleanse it from all dead works, so that in our heart, we can receive your word. And when we receive your word, the seed of truth in our heart, 
then the seed of truth, our heart that is cleansed from dead works, then the Lord, then the Holy Spirit can also come as the Lord and Master of our life. But while it has dead works there, while we have our own personal opinions, disagreements, all kinds of strongholds that are not yours, the Holy Spirit will not be able to come as the Lord and as the Master of our life. But only when we in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ have died for our nation, the house of our Father, and for our destructive desires, and will cleanse our conscience, will cleanse us from all filth of the flesh and spirit, when we bring into it, into this cleansed conscience, your word, and will have these seven, or these twelve breads upon the table of showbreads, will you then come into our life then as our Lord and Master, and then you will receive the legitimate right the seed of truth that we've received in the format of your word we you'll allow us to grow it into the fruit of righteousness and this will all happen because of your word and your Holy Spirit we thank you that the word of righteousness the character of Christ can can become alive can become our own if the Holy Spirit is in our spirit is in us we thank you for the word by the means of which the Holy Spirit will be able to grow the fruit in us we received the seed of truth and we pray that it be the seed of truth in the atmosphere of resurrection or the fruit of righteousness and when we received the right to the fruit of righteousness we will receive the legitimate ability to thank you for the not existent as existent or the existent in the spiritual realm in Jesus Christ as we proclaim as existent in the physical world we thank you Lord that we can thank you that in Jesus Christ it's already placed upon our account we thank you for our bodies we continue today to meditate and consider the poor our body for which you paid a price. We hear about until the day of your coming when you make sure your word is achieved and accomplished. You will also eliminate death from our beds and you will make our beds then green. You will make it resurrection. If we will have the cedar and fir and the fir trees we thank you Lord for the resurrection of Christ that is within your truth and your truth is in our heart and in our mind your resurrection is already in our spirit in our sacred person your resurrection is already in our renewed mind and we pray Lord by considering the poor how you will adopt the body of your people you said that you will establish this promise for our bodies but today we find our peace in you we find our peace in you and we meditate about how you will establish the stronghold of life in our bodies we can be at peace upon our beds meditating about the green about the resurrection 
that will absolutely cover our bodies. And this will allow us to boldly look upon all of our enemies in the form of the old, the sinful conduct. And we are not afraid. We boldly look upon these enemies because we have the seed of truth in the state of resurrection. Thank you for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Resurrection that they persecuted the apostles for because resurrection is when you're satisfied with what death has achieved. Resurrection is the mark that the Lord has known his own. This is the seal of the holiness of the Lord, that the Lord is there. You place this seal in your death that then reflects itself in resurrection. And so death that does not become resurrection, it cannot free us from our enemies. Thank you, Lord, that today we are joined with Jesus in his death and then joined with Jesus in his resurrection. We thank you, Lord, that our tent is in safety and we are able to look after our tent. Thank you for the joyous lips that speak of the deliverance of our soul from all those who hate us. We thank you, Lord, that the word that we hear, that it teach us to worship in spirit and in truth, or to discipline our mind and our will and place our emotions and our feelings that have different kinds of senses in full dependence of our renewed mind and worship in spirit and in truth and to worship diligently and every time when we come to worship before your holy face every time when our nation our feelings, our emotions when they worship our will worships there will always be a prince present the renewed mind We thank you, Lord, that you have delivered us today from the sword of Pharaoh. You said that by your words you will be condemned and by your words you will be justified. And you said that today we have the right and we already have it in Jesus Christ, the rod of Moses. And you deliver us from the sword of Pharaoh that can wound that can kill the inheritance of God, that can hurt or cripple the inheritance of God. But we thank you, Lord, that today our lips are no longer the sword of Pharaoh. We, not with our criticisms, our words, our harsh words, we will not hurt the inheritance of God. We today receive the power of the rod of Moses who will be able to lead the inheritance of God from the state of death into the state of life. Because the sword of Pharaoh, it keeps us in bondage and slavery. But the rod of Moses leads us out of the state of illness. And so allow us today to thank you for the resurrection. Help us support one another, comfort one another, 
complement one another, speak things that are pleasant to the hearts, support one another. May you judge all of Egypt and the firstborn. We thank you, Lord, that you have delivered us from all of our enemies in the form of the sinful conduct that we have inherited and seen in ourselves, and we hate it in ourselves. In all of its forms, its, its ways that it expresses itself, we hate it. Because we saw the enemies that support it, and we have loved your truth, and we have cleansed ourselves from all filth of the flesh and spirit, so that we can receive the seed of truth, and so that this seed of truth would become the fruit of righteousness, or the seed of truth that is in the atmosphere of the kingdom of heaven, a resurrection of Christ. And so we thank you for that resurrection that's already in our spirit and our renewed mind, which gives us the legitimate ability to thank you for everything that is placed in Jesus Christ upon our account. We thank you, Lord, for your Zion, for your church. We thank you for the wellspring of salvation which you show us here in the form of your word, the mighty and the mighty Holy Spirit who reveals the meaning of the word. We thank you, Lord, for the wellspring from which we are able to hear these great revelations, the seed of truth that can become the res- can become resurrection in our life. We thank you for the person from whom we hear so we can remember the truth and the word. We pray for him. We pray that his bed be the bed of green. We thank you, Lord, that you have your resurrection, that you have the seed of truth in the atmosphere of resurrection, in his heart, in his mind, in his lips. And he has passed on to us this life and resurrection because of his preached word. And we receive from him. We thank you, Lord, that today this atmosphere of life and resurrection has become the possession of our heart and our mind and our lips. And we pray, Lord, that that word that comforts us and lifts us up and nurses us, it can also serve our Pastor Arkady just as it served us. We, Lord, pray for your mercy that it come hastily, that it come quickly to meet us so that we can continue boldly. He can continue to boldly reveal the mysteries. And, Lord, we continue to meditate about the poor one considering the poor one, that you will deliver your inheritance, every saint that is in the state of death today. You said that this will be temporary. This will be temporary, and you will show us mercy for an eternal mercy. Thank you for this eternal mercy that will show itself in the resurrection of Christ, which the Lord will establish in our bodies. We thank you, Lord, and we bless your holy name, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's finish with our manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen.